Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halex. And it is just us in the studio. Now I say that not by belittling us, but just like, ah, it's kind of like when you get to sit on a patio with a good friend. Well, we've decided we really like doing this. <laughs> and and we started out by doing it when, when a, guest- a guest canceled at the last minute. Right. And and it has turned into a thing. Um, I was counting them all up the other day, and I think we've done like t- somewhere between twenty-two and twenty-five of them. Like we're get- I thought it was more than that. Yeah, well, maybe, plenty, maybe, anyways. But it's plenty. <laughs> yeah, like and we're we're starting to have a little genre of them now, um, and enough that we have to go back and figure out whether we've talked about a subject yeah. before. <laughs> But it's but true. We, we I I enjoy this as much as when we have guests in the studio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's different. And every time we get together, so today we we met up and we're heading up the mountain, and we said to each other, we need to decide on a topic before we get up there. And we it has always to be topical, right? Yes. So it has to come out of the moment. Yeah. yeah, we can't really plan it too much in advance. Um, so today, pulling from what's kind of current in our minds and and in our. Um, conversations, even if it's just internal conversations, we're going to talk about uh, relationships, we're going to talk about dating, we're going to talk about asking for what you want, both in terms of how it works with relationships, but also mm-hmm. in general, because these were all things that have kind of been on, been on our mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and um, shout out to Sonia Massaro, who gave me the suggestion for the dating idea and then we've extrapolated yes. from it as we had our cup of tea and <laughs> and and figured out where we were going today but mm. um I, I mean i think we can we can really mine this one and it and it feels close to my heart it feels you know i mean so many of us want to we 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 dream about having someone to share time with in mm-hmm. our lives right whether it's a a really close friend or a confidant or a, uh, um, a colleague or or a, a significant partner for life right mm-hmm. and sometimes it's for, for life a whole life and and sometimes it's a it's a short-term right partner but but it's still that sense of connection and and belonging and being seen and understood and, and compa- in, in its best sense and companionship and companionship yeah, yeah. and and you know do you and I, we stand together, mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's not. I mean, we we think about it. I think in the ideal, right? In the um, w- this, if in my ideal world, if I could have my perfect partner, it would be this, right? Um, which I've also heard referred to as the um, the myth of relationship, right? Who, like, if it's an ideal. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily any. I mean, we're none of us are perfect, so we know that. But and but we still somehow want our partner to be perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yet and we don't. And we feel we should be par- perfect for that other person. If we expect <laughs> them to be perfect, then we should be perfect too. But of course, it's an impossibility, right? Yeah. So so it's how do we manage that in yeah. in, in relationship? How do we manage the fact that 
um, will be different uh, uh, to some extent, right? We're not going to be exactly the same as the other person. And what what differences are complementary and collaborative and um, exciting? Mm-hmm. And what and what differences are irreconcilable and and maybe we shouldn't be together because mm-hmm. we create damage um, right. by being together, right? Right. Yeah. So what's popping through my mind is I've been through, uh, I've been in um, several long-term relationships in my life, and yet I got started late. I didn't, I didn't actually date as a teen. Most humans do have the experience of dating as a teen, but with my odd church culty background, that was not a thing that was encouraged. It was very much kind of pushed off, and um, they tried to raise us as asexual beings. But I'm not <laughs> even sure, because there's the, an assumption there that most people do, right? But, Fair enough. But um, I think there's a large number of people who don't necessarily date in in high school mm. for any number of different reasons. I mean, if you're not if you're not popular, if you're not mm-hmm. you, you know if you if you don't have the self confidence, if you you know if there's too much going on in your life at home, if you've got significant challenges to deal with, if you know there's all kinds of reasons yeah. why a lot of people don't don't necessarily date. In so so we, if we haven't, we assume everybody else did, right? So you're hitting on a point, something that we actually touched on while we were having a coffee before we came in here, mm-hmm. where what, what we think people are experiencing, mm-hmm. how we, what they look like on the outside is, I mean, I feel like I'm stating, stating something very obvious here, is not always the case. So oh. what we perceive as someone who is confident Maybe they've got a very good game face, right, as they go out in public. Yeah. That doesn't mean they actually feel confident within mm-hmm. themselves, but they have a way of at least projecting it. And so based on your response to me just there, I Because I didn't date my teens either. Yeah, I have a story mm-hmm. in my head that this is what a normal teenagehood yeah. looks like. And yes. all I'm really doing is I'm holding my, my experience up to that story and saying... Mine's not. Uh, mine the same. fell short. Yeah. <laughs> mine fell short. Yeah. Because everybody else got this experience that I didn't get. But, yeah. But even for the people who did do some dating in their teens, for yeah. many of them it was disastrous. Yeah. Well, and I kind of just stumbled into. So. <laughs> so the first first person that I ever met, first person that I ever kissed, became my husband, and I actually did not know what chemistry was. Again, so how do you know you're missing it if you've never had it and don't? Well, I mean, it's a concept then, right? Yeah, it was a concept, and I'd actually heard because of my background and because of the kinds of talks that I'd been exposed to, the idea of chemistry had been, you know, debunked. I'm using air quotes all over the place here by, you know, authoritative (laughs) men who basically were like, no, chemistry doesn't exist. You got a man, you got a woman, boom, that's chemistry. What else is there to do? And I, you know, that's a very interesting boom. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I didn't know how to gauge if I had chemistry with somebody because I hadn't dated several people. I did not know what that felt like. And we were very close friends. And I assumed that would equal a very good partnership. It was a good partnership. We, We did very well. We raised kids. It was 12 years of that. And then I found myself on the other side of, oh, wait, um... I'm not being fed here. <laughs> well, and you also work together. Yeah, we work together too. Yeah. And that's, I think, sometimes, many times, if when when people who are partners work together as well, uh, that's a stress on the relationship. 
right? And I'm not yes, saying it, it was be. in this in yeah. this situation, but the fact that you guys did effectively work together, because mm-hmm. uh, from what I've heard from you over the years, it was effective, right? You, yes. You did a good job together, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, so the romantic side of the relationship wasn't doing so great right. for you, wasn't yeah. feeding you, but... As you said, you were Very you know, efficiently raising kids together, yeah. and your kids are lovely, well-adjusted kids, so you did a great job with yeah. that, and yeah. you worked well together for as long as you did work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've had a couple of longer-term, long-term relationships since that marriage uh, mm-hmm. moved into a new phase <laughs> where we released each other but stayed yeah. as friends, yeah. and I'm in what what I'm calling a limited partnership, but we're calling a limited partnership right now, which is a phrase Sounds we like just... business. I know, yeah. it does, and yet it works yeah. so well. It just yeah. describes, it's a very conscious partnering. Mm-hmm. Um, we came into each other's lives, uh, and it, there was a sense of, well, we were going to meet somewhere or another. He lived right near where my children's father lived, and he worked right near where I would hang out during the day doing work so we were and we had some mutual friends we were going to meet each other at some point our lives kind of converged but at the same time there's a knowledge of it's not forever you've got a place that you need to go and things you want to do that's not really in alignment with what I want to do in the future same with me ditto in reverse but but there's become this wonderful space of allowance of um how about you get to be exactly as you are right now, and I will get to be exactly as I am right now. We will partner together. We don't have to try to fix each other because there's no stress and pressure of the long term. What this is, I'm bringing this up because I feel like I wish I would have known these kinds of things in the past when I was beginning to date, to have the freedom to allow a relationship to be exactly as it is without it forcing it or or requiring it or envisioning it and trying to make it fit like a puzzle piece that doesn't quite fit into the kind of relationship that I want it to be or that I imagine that I want for myself. And if you don't even know it could be on the menu, do you you dream about it, right? Because... Don't they say that there's like secret menus for places? This is like the secret menu. We're talking about the secret menu. Well, (laughs) yeah. and But I've heard so many people say to me... But this is what I really want. Right. Like, what do you want? What do you really, really want? Right? Isn't there a song about <laughs> we that? Should, we should have done the Spice Girl song. That's yeah. not one of the songs I've got queued no. up, but that would have totally yeah, yeah. fit. <laughs> but, it, but, but how do we decide? And, and how, what goes on in that decision-making process? Mm-hmm. So uh, before I go any further, if you're just joining us, <laughs> you're joining Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. Um, and today we're talking about relationships and about dating and about how to how to figure out what you want in a relationship and and decide whether you can have it or mm-hmm. if you do have it and if you want it and if you <laughs> don't want to get rid of what you have or you get like it, it's, it's like I mean we could mine this one for months mm. but we're talking around it to to be we're being curious about yes. it basically is is what we're doing right <clears throat> because I think that when we're we, d- we dream. There's a difference between the dream and the reality. Yeah. And do we, do we, ha- I've, I've heard so many times, well, that's not realistic, right? So, in other words, don't dream because the dream, if the dream isn't realistic, you're setting yourself up for failure. But on the other hand, if you don't aim high, mm-hmm. into, and, and, and I don't mean perfection because who knows what perfection is in relationship, but if you don't aim for what you really, really want, Mm-hmm. Then what chance do you have of getting it? And and how how would you compare what you have to know 
where the shortfall is, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's part of what this what this dating process is about. Some waiting out there into the uh, into the into the pool to see what I see mm-hmm. and to hear what I hear and to mm-hmm. sample and to uh, to see if it's a good fit, right? I think I can remember the list that I would make as a younger girl. These are the things that I want my my husband because at the time I was very focused on husband was the way. In well, which because that was the, partners, the yeah. value system you yeah. grew up with. This right? is what my husband will have, and I had a nice mm-hmm. big list of things, and. And I think I'm at a place now where it's more about how do I want to feel in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you yeah. what, I've certainly reached the end of, of tolerating the feeling of, you know, this would be easier if I was doing it on my own. There's been enough times that I've felt that. And I, that's not a way I want to feel in a relationship. No, I want to feel like with that other person in there with me, we have way more possibilities. Mm-hmm. And I'm empowered to do to do more, be more, feel more, have more, uh, because I've got somebody in the relationship with me who believes in that. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, not every minute of every day necessarily, but, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully when the other person forgets, I remember and vice versa, <laughs> right? That idea of knowing each other's uh, songs, right? And being able to yes. sing it back to them when yeah. they've forgotten. I really it. love that concept. Yeah. Um, so, so we're, um, and I, can, I what also comes up for me is this: how do we, how do we know how to date? <laughs> right? Like, what, what is this? I mean, we talk about it like everybody. Well, everybody knows what a date is, but does everybody know? I don't mm. really know what a date is, and yeah. and I'm not. I have to say, I'm not comfortable with what I think a date is, <laughs> because to me, it feels like I'm going on trial. Yeah. Even more than I'm putting somebody else on trial, I feel like I'm on trial. And there, there can be the sense of expectations that feels a very weighty, whether it's yeah. just um, the expectation, maybe feeling pressure that we're going to get sexual s- sooner than I really maybe want to, or the expectation of um, wanting to be pleasing. Yes. Because that t- or wanting to be what the what we what, think the other person wants, right. whatever it is, like it could be it could be how you're supposed to look or how you're supposed to sound or how agreeable you're supposed to be or how empowered you're supposed to be yeah. or how intelligent or how well educated or what kind of job you have or mm. how much money you earn or like whatever. Yeah, the list is different. How good a mother or father yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah, parent. Mm-hmm. So we'll go for the non-gendered version. So what would feel like, if you were to design Luca's perfect, what you want dating to look like, what would that look like for you? I would love for it to be exploratory. <laughs> it, at like a, um, when you try something on the menu. Ooh, what's right? this? Yes, like, I wonder what flavors Even, even if it's here. something that you haven't tried before and you say to the chef, what's this? Like, how do you pronounce it? And what is it? And how do you cook it? <laughs> right? And, oh, those ingredients sound like they're things that I like. Maybe yeah. this one is the, this one's yeah. the, the, um, the wild card, but I'm willing to try it and because to be, of all the and other And to be things. able to say, can I have a little taste before I order it? <laughs> well, we, do, we often do that with wine, right? Or, or in the gelato shop. <laughs> or in the gelato shop. You have a little spoonful. <laughs> and maybe the date is a little spoonful. It's a little spoonful. Right? So without, without any obligations, but, but, without, but also without it being fraught, right? Right. This idea of, 
we'll get together in a in a place that is fun, open, safe, yeah, um, uh, relaxed, and and we'll we'll just we'll have a little taste mm-hmm. of of one another and and find out wh- whether we have anything in common, whether we laugh at the same things. I mean, I was thinking the other day what's important for me in a relationship, and a lot of what's important for me comes down to how do we handle uh, adversity. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the little stuff, like, oh, I didn't expect that, or the big stuff, like somebody's just died. <clears throat> right. I've got a frog in my throat. Um, so what, so how how is the person going to handle it? And humor is one of them. Um, compassion is another one. Um, being able to listen is, mm-hmm. is one. So there are all kinds of ways and everybody's better at some and not so great at others. And, and right? there's, yeah, and also there's not necessarily one way of being in that that is like the best way. Some people, yeah. when they're facing a challenge, they want, um, they just want safe space to to recluse themselves and figure it out on their own and people to just kind of help the ship go on. Other people want to adventure through solutions together. To yes. have people, you know, poke holes and bounce ideas off. And, and yeah. if you've got the wrong match together with those things, it doesn't feel good because then it feels like someone's rubbing your fur the wrong way when you're in a vulnerable state. And who <laughs> likes to be rubbed up the wrong way? Ooh, there, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but also, what what is the... What's the chemistry? Yeah. Because I think chemistry is so important. And I don't think you can predict chemistry. No, it's sometimes surprising. It is. And that makes me think of I've done a lot of online dating since um, I broke up with the first my children's father. So that was about a decade ago. And there's stuff that, you know, when people communicate about themselves, you can get a sense. There's a lot of things you can learn from what a person communicates about themselves. But then there's that intangible that you just can't know until you sit in front of somebody and you get to feel a vibe. I don't know what else to call it because there's, we don't have a lot of language around this, right? It is the intangible. And one of the things that I just I stumbled into because I'm, I've been very much exploratory, curious, just if somebody is an interesting human. I mean, come on, I interview people every week. So I'm curious about humanity. I'm curious about every individual. So I'm happy to meet with somebody new and just be curious about them. And what I stumbled into is even if the idea was there about something romantic, but I'm still quite happy to to learn if I'm just I could just be friends with people. That's great, too. There's even chemistry for friendship. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know why I didn't. I call it alchemy. Yeah. So somebody that I might meet, maybe there's no romantic spark, but then the the. You know, oh, but I really, I really like you as a human. Let's keep talking because there's a good chemistry, even if it's just on the friendship level. And then there's other people I meet where we're very pleasant. We might even have a lot of overlap, and it's just like, eh, yeah, I don't know why something's yeah. missing, but something's missing. Yeah, and I don't even yeah. feel a pull to to keep in contact because I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know what that is. And there's this <laughs> concept of speed dating, right? And very interesting to me. That to me, that means that's that's like that's like going into the ice cream parlor and tasting twenty five different flavors of ice cream. I go into flavor overload. Like <laughs> it, 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 I, I, that's too that's too many for me, right? I don't. I, I'm not. And maybe it's my generation. I don't know because right. I'm a baby boomer. Um, too too much, too many, too fast. Right. 
That's what speed dating feels like to me. Uh-huh. Now, and I can I can work quickly. Like when I do a reading, I can I just like boom 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 boom. I'm moving through ideas quickly. Mm-hmm. I entertain discard almost before other people have even seen a flicker. So mm-hmm. it's not speed that bothers me, but speed around being able to take something in and swish it around in my mouth and decide if I like the taste of it, mm. that that to me takes a little bit of time. And I don't want somebody to make a decision about me in a minute and a half. Right. And, and, I, and I feel like this with business networking as well. Mm. I don't I don't want to get up and and encapsulate who I am as in my professional life in 90 seconds. <laughs> it. And and there are people who love doing it that way, and they're quite happy to. But that's not the networking meetings I'm going to right. be at, right? And I feel the same way about getting to know people. I want, I don't want just a ten minute coffee break. I want half an hour, right? Or an you hour. You want something slow. I want something slower where where we get to there's work room with. For, there's some room to unfold. Yeah, room for nuance. Yeah, room for room for actual and exploration. And room for people to actually relax because yeah, it's a scary thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we don't necessarily always put our best foot forward on a scary thing. So I feel like I want to dig in a little bit more to the idea of the asking. What are we asking for? And I mentioned a minute ago about getting clear for myself on how I want to feel in a relationship. Part of that is, I think, the whole uh, shifting of a focus from what I want it to look like, which is like yes. details, yes. concrete kind of thing. So it's qualifications, I want them, right? Yeah. It's, it's, like a, it's like a resume or yes. a CV. Yes. Right? And so yeah. we're, I think it's a very human thing that we come up with those. Yeah. Whether we really examine them and look at them directly, it's there in the and back of our head. And do we come up with them out of fear of not getting them? Or right. sometimes we inherit them because it's what we know. So yes. from yeah. our, our what parents. What we were told we should want. Yeah. Or yeah. from social media. Not social media necessarily, yeah. but societal. Societal norms. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Um, but the shift away from that and into, well, how do I want to feel? Mm-hmm. It creates space for there's a whole myriad of ways in which things can show up, the details of the things that can give you the same impact. But we don't often realize that until we create the space that allows it to show up mm-hmm. in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, And part of that space is asking ourselves that, right? Yeah. Just to pose the question means that it gives us a space in which to reflect. Yeah, yeah. And explore. Yeah, so, for instance, me saying, I want to feel very attracted to a person. Mm. Now, I could try to spell out what my ideal looks in a person look like. Mm. But the truth is, there's been a whole lot of people through the years that didn't look like those ideals that I was very attracted to. So, yes. would I actually like to limit it to those characteristics, which might accompany a personality I don't have an attraction to? Yeah. Or would I just like to stick with the, I want to feel attracted, or I want to feel mentally stimulated, or mm-hmm. I want to feel um, safe mm-hmm. and secure. Mm-hmm. I want to feel seen and supported. Mm-hmm. Um, these things allow the space for the actions and the details to show up in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where curiosity has more room to play. I think so too, yeah. 
because if we're looking at a lot of details, then we do the speed dating or the just the quick thing, and we're like, oh, nope, didn't tick it's off a, all the it's lists. It's a checklist, right? That yeah. way is a checklist. Yeah. Yeah. The other one is well, a is a is a feeling into self. I want I want to. I have never done speed dating. Speed dating. So mm-hmm. I I don't want to actually speak to that. I don't know yeah, what yeah. that experience actually yeah. is like. What yeah. I think it is and what it really is might be different. Mm-hmm. But for sure, if I have a laundry list of details. Mm-hmm. It's very easy in whichever way I'm encountering with potential Mm -hmm. people that I would like to meet, then it's easy to just be like, am I ticking all these things off or Mm -hmm. am I in a place of curiosity for how things might show up? And then that, yeah. So, but I I said I wanted to go back to the, the asking thing. So we have this human thing where... We've probably all got it in our families. If you ask your your parents for something and then you ask them for something else and you ask them for something else, they're going to hit an exhaustion point where they're not interested in responding to your demands. Yeah. And now I'm a mom and I'm a kid and I can say, yes, absolutely, that is true. It's like, I'm done, mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. go play or whatever, right? Like yeah. There's, there's, yeah, a, yeah, there's yeah. a fatigue point of mm-hmm. I'm a finite person. I cannot be constantly trying to fulfill your wants. Um, you can choose one thing and then we'll be done with it. That kind of thing. I think that gets ingrained in us <laughs> when we're children yeah. that we we better use our asks wisely and sparingly mm-hmm. and be sure mm-hmm. about what it is that we're asking for. And then think about the phrasing that we often tell people. Well, they got what they asked for. There's a judgment well, in that, and, right? And, and, or, and it can be depending on how it's the intonation goes, yeah. right? They got what they asked for. True. Or you can say, well, they got what they asked for. Or be careful what you ask for. You might get it. You might get it. (laughs) And you might not like it once you get it, right? And there's this, I feel like there's a a judginess in that, because I usually hear it with a negative tone, um, where those who stick their necks out and are bold and ask for what they really want, and then they get... They get something in return, and maybe it's not exactly what they wanted. And there's a bit of, like, relishing the moment of, ha-ha, you stuck yourself out, you asked for a thing, and you got it, and it wasn't all you thought for, was it? Now maybe you'll just be content with what you've got. (laughs) Rebecca's wiggling her head from side to side as she says this, right? (laughs) Because it comes with a whole body language, right? It does. It is fraught. It's yeah, not. and it's it's a very much a scarcity mentality. It's like you've got three wishes, use them wisely. Yeah, and that's and, it. There's no more wishes after yes, that. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and yet, um, if you go and sit in a restaurant and you don't ask for something, you're not going to get any food. Well, yeah, and sometimes you can ask for something that's not on the menu. Yes, and what if they bring you your food and, oh my gosh, I forgot to ask for cheese. Yeah. Can't can't have this without cheese. I need cheese. I'm sorry. I'm happy to pay. I'm happy to wait a little longer for this to come. Can I please send this back and have cheese? This concept, when we <laughs> when we take it outside of food and we just think of how we are maybe in relationships or in things that we want for our life, maybe our career goals that we might have in life, the idea of I've received something and it's not quite what I ordered. I'm using air quotes here. What I ordered. You helped me with this, Luca, uh, a couple of years ago, where I'd 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 been you know requesting something. Actually, I'd been asking for my brakes to be fixed. It was an awfully specific ask. I was I needed my brakes to be fixed, and I was wanting the brakes to be fixed. And then all of a sudden, an ex popped up and said he wanted to fix my brakes. And I thought, oh, well, that's a very specific response to my request. And I felt like I needed to say yes because it was such a match to what I'd been requesting. And then discovered I had all kinds of 
not okay feelings of needing to see my ex. I did not want that to happen. I didn't like the feeling of this. I remember now. Yeah. And and I had a conversation with you and you were like, Rebecca, you can send the order back (laughs) and ask them to fix the details. (laughs) And it was a revelation to me. The idea of, oh, I don't just have one chance. Well, and it's it's a process of refinement, right? Like sometimes we don't we don't know to ask for certain things until it comes in a way that doesn't feel good. Yeah. And then we say, "Oh, I guess oh, I guess next time I should be more specific. Mm-hmm. I should say I want less more of this and less of that." Because we we refine it as we go along. We get better at asking. Yeah. So I think it's time for us to play one of our songs. Super. So we had one pop up on my Spotify as we were driving up the mountain. Hadn't heard it in a while. It was the Divine Fits. Would that not be nice? And I thought, oh, I like this song, but also I like the it's message. Putting our order in, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and being in a place of, would you like to receive the thing that you actually are asking for? The concept that you are allowed to ask. You're allowed to want what you want. And maybe center it around the things where you've got the room so that the details of how it shows up can can have flexibility. But wouldn't it be nice to receive that? To receive what you asked for? So let's play the Divine Fits. Would that not be nice? And then we'll rejoin, um, we'll rejoin each other here in the studio. Yeah, we'll re- <laughs> each other and you out there listening. Yes, in just a few minutes. It does help if I pick the right thing that I'm going to turn up. Okay, let's start that again. (laughs) Back to the divine fits. Would that not be nice?
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca and Chris, who's just joined us. Hello. <laughs> I love it. Chris is one of our volunteers here at the studio. Yeah. And uh, I love that he's just popped in. We've talked so much about how does it feel when we're asking for what we want. And Chris just had to come and be a part of the conversation or just come to join in. But we invite you to be a part of the conversation. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, so we were just listening to the Divine Fits. Would that not be nice? And I do want to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting up on Burnaby Mountain from SFU uh, on the unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Coquitlam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. And what that means to me as a settler in this land is that I want to make sure I give first priority to the voices of the people who know this land through the millennia, the millennia long before I've ever come here. Uh, long before colonization mm -hmm. changed the landscape of this land. And we are talking about relationships. We're talking about dating. We're talking about asking for what you want. We're talking about um, the freedom to have expectations that maybe are outside of the norm. We're kind of going all over the place. Um, one of the things while we were on the song break, um, I had mentioned to Luca that we should dive in a little bit more into... We've talked a lot about being curious, but I think it, it, it is helpful to take a few minutes to talk about what does it take so that we can feel the freedom to be curious? Because I know I don't feel curious about something if I'm feeling unsure of myself. I tend to be more... Or if I feel I'm going to be judged for any question I ask. Right. right. So what does it take for you to feel curious? What kind of... an stuff has already happened inside of you what kind of needs have already been taken care of what's the setting what comes up for you well for me a, a thing around curiosity is about there's a there's a, almost a playfulness to it right it's it's not um it's not a judgmental place to be so if if i'm if i'm feeling curious then i can be i can afford to be playful with it um and that that place, I can only be playful if I feel confident in myself, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean that I think I'm perfect or, um, but, but there's a sense that I'm a, I'm a, a developing, emerging human being and, and I can learn, mm -hmm. right? So I can learn from, from other, from that other mm -hmm. person, whoever that other person is. So whether it's from Chris or from you or from a potential date or a, or a, a potential new colleague or somebody we have as a guest on the show, that I, we come at it from that place of, oh, neat, this is a new person, a different person, a not-me person mm -hmm. who might have something to bring to the table that would be something I haven't heard before or maybe it's something that I really agree with or something that confirms my experience or maybe mm -hmm. it expands my perspective or like mm -hmm. but but I but you don't there's no expectation that I have to know it all already mm. anything come up for you guys? or maybe you don't realize it you know there's this element of spontaneity mm -hmm. uh, like you spontaneously dropping in <laughs> well <laughs> sort of yeah um, yeah um, well and, and I'm curious I'm curious about what brought you in like is it is it something about the conversation today that is interesting for you? Honestly, yes. <laughs> I mean, like I was also sort of hoping could have some sort of workshopping uh, 
segment. <laughs> All right. Well. You want some All right. This is a very uh, <laughs> topic that resonates very much with me. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, it probably does for a whole bunch of our listeners today. Right? It does. Yeah. So tell tell me what what you see as the potential for workshopping. What are the areas that you feel that would be really valuable for people to invest their energy and their time in doing some learning on this topic? I don't know. Like, I guess gaining some sort of read on um, how one approaches or how one views. Um, dating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely heard a bit of that between you two, mm-hmm. sort of talking about your expectations and, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I guess, um, that sort of thing yeah. surrounding dating. Yeah, and I think I think that's too kind of where we're where we're aiming at next with this with this question, or at least that's where I'm aiming with the question of what does it take to be in the position to, to feel curious about when you're encountering new people that may mm-hmm. be romantic, maybe friendships, whatever. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of work, again, maybe maybe the years of both dating and long-term relationships under yeah. my belt are are leading me to feel like I need to be sourcing my sense of validity and valuableness as a human, not from the potential person that I'm going to be meeting. That already needs to be being taken care of by me, maybe through other Mm -hmm. strong friendships, relationships with my family, um, work that I'm doing on my own self, perhaps with if I've got a therapist that I work with, if I've just got really good friends that help me to, to hammer out those questions. Like my sense of self... I think needs to be full. And of course, that is something that develops over time. Mm -hmm. Um, My knowledge of myself has evolved mostly through my relationships with people, Mm. (laughs) right? Yeah, but all kinds of relationships, because we were talking about chemistry, chemistry in friendships, right? So it's, and maybe if we're, maybe if we all went out there looking for friends and happened to stumble across intimate relationships yeah. <laughs> as a byproduct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the the better. Maybe I, I'm think I should speak for myself. Like, if I don't, I don't want to go into a meeting up with somebody and feel like I have to judge right away what the potential is for 25 yeah. years. Yes. Right? Yeah. I don't want to do that. I want. I, I want to be curious about what do we have going on right here, right now. That's just a conversation. Yeah. I'm thinking about the freedom that I got mentally when uh, with this current long-term partnership that I'm in, the limited partnership that I'm in. The phrase still (laughs) cracks me up every time, but it's such a good phrase to describe what we're in. Where at the very beginning, we basically showed our cards. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know what? I still have feelings for this person in my past. I still have curiosity for this other person that I've met. This is where I'm at. I really would like, this is me speaking now. I'd really like companionship, um, you know, because I've had, you know, maybe lovers, maybe other people that I've been close friends with, but I would like, you know, a companionship kind of relationship now. Um, But my head had already gotten to the place where I didn't have to have... a one person for the rest of my life. You know the whole phrase we say about... Because that's loaded, right? It's loaded. It is very loaded. And we have that saying, um, 
you can be friends with someone for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime, I think is mm-hmm. how the phrase goes. I'm now double questioning myself. I am not but familiar. You're not familiar with that? Case, but. but especially for, for a reason or a season stands out. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea there of is for us to give ourselves permission and each other permission to maybe let some people go. Because it could be that a, a relationship was, or a friendship especially, was very helpful and supportive and good for us for a period of time in our life. And then it may change. Maybe we, we evolve, we grow apart, time and things change and sometimes we feel guilty that we haven't really pushed to keep that relationship mm-hmm. alive or, or we're confused as to why it feels more gnarly and it used to be easy. And so that is a phrase that we use for friendships where we're basically trying to provide space for the fact that people can come and go and it doesn't mean that anybody's doing anything wrong or yeah. not being their yeah. best self. It just yeah. means that it can evolve. So what if we apply that to relationships too? Where we've had for a significant amount of time, but certainly not through all of the history of mankind, but for a significant period of time, we've got this model of monogamy and one partner throughout the entirety of our life. Mm -hmm. And our lives have now doubled in length. what they yeah. were and this is kind of this is a ago. myth too right because for i mean marriage started out being a property contract yeah right <laughs> so then we got into this romantic idea of you know this person was supposed to be your knight or princess in shining whatever <laughs> and it was supposed to last forever right shining armor or shining negligee to, yeah <laughs> to to del- till death do us part right and i'm thinking well we, yeah but like even business partnerships don't yeah. you don't go in expecting it <laughs> never to be renegotiated in my first um my well i've only had one marriage but in in that marriage my first long term relationship um there was no because of my uh, my very christian upbringing there was no possibility of divorce in my head mm-hmm. at all that was just not an option and so i remember getting to the point when i was 33 or something 35 where i was thinking, what else was I committed to when I was 19 to 21 years old that I then had to hold for the absolute rest of my life? There is nothing else in my life that is required to stay with me. And yet here I am in a marriage that I signed up for in a, in a 21-year-old brain and a 21-year-old's understanding of the world. That was a 21-year-old's commitment. Yes. And yeah. and yet I would be bound to it for the rest of my life and, all, and acknowledging that I was dying inside. I, this was going to be I, I really felt it would be quite literally the death of me because I was so un, unfed within this relationship even though he's a wonderful human being. And does that seem okay? And if you were feeling malnourished yeah. within the relationship then what does that say about your ability to 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 be all that you can be in that so he had to have been malnourished, also. Yeah. Well, it, but this is de facto. Yeah, right? We may not. We may not perceive our our malnourishment. That's not coming out of my mouth. Well, yes. We may not perceive our malnourishment because it still may be the best we've ever experienced. Yes. But that well, doesn't and, mean and maybe our that it can't be better. Our expectations hmm. for what we can allow ourselves to really, really want. Yes. Is low. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe we need to adjust it a, a little higher. Yeah. So if we're living our lives, we are doing our own personal work, which is learning 
what makes us tick, learning what works for us and what does not work, learning where we want to spend our energy in terms of work, in terms of spending time with people, in terms of developing talents or hobbies. Mm -hmm. And we've got relationships, friendships that feed us and we're, you know, our feet are firmly planted. And from this place, we engage with curiosity in meeting people for the sheer joy of what it's like our question we always end with what i wonder what's around the corner yes, i wonder like, what might be i wonder what might be a present in this person that might be delightful might be fun even if it's just friendship without without the preconceived stuff um, i do have one more song i'd like to play for us today this one comes with a little bit of a of a story because the song's called i don't know it's by Lisa Hannigan. <laughs> I know this song only because uh, my oldest son does not like music very much. And so once when we were driving in the car and everybody was... Done under, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he does well, now. He's, he, I think he likes it, but he's not he's he, not really familiar with it. It's not his first language. This was true at the time. Yeah. Now it has changed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we were all... T- everybody was taking turns DJing, offering songs. We got to him and he said, I don't know. So we Googled, I don't know. Well, on YouTube. And this song came up and we played it and it became this joke where every time we were in the car, we would play the I Don't Know song. But Mm -hmm. I actually really love this song. So if we listen to this from the space of of curiosity, the person who's written this song and is singing it, they are curious. They're curious about an individual that they're connecting with. And it's super early stages. And I just think it's a delightful song. Let's take a listen to Lisa Hannigan's I Don't Know. We'll Mm -hmm. rejoin uh, both Luca and Chris here in the studio in just a few minutes. you smoke all oh, countries you've been to if you speak any other languages other than your own I'd like to meet you I don't know if you can drive if you love the ground beneath you I'd like to call you all the same. I would want to. I am gay. I don't know if you can swim. If the sea is any draw for you. If you're better in the morning or when the sun goes down. I'd like to call you I don't know if you can die If the thought ever occurred to you If you eat what you've been given Or push around your plate I'd like to cook for you All the same If you want it I am gay Good 
You are listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca and Chris, who has joined us. Special Uh, guest. Special (laughs) guest. Special surprise guest. I love it. And we were just listening to Lisa Hannigan singing I Don't Know. And that song is just, it's just so delightful to me. There's this playfulness of... I'm curious about you. And and you, you, Luca, you were listening to the questions she's asking. You're like, these are the get to know you questions. Like, where do we get started? Yeah. Um, and yeah. But it's from that place of curiosity. And yeah. while we were uh, listening to that, um, Luca, you mentioned that you wanted to say something about bringing our uniqueness into well, relationships. Well, I think it's part of this co- confidence place, right, of, of feeling whole in ourselves when we come to the other person and bring our curiosity with us, right? So... I, I, I think of it as br- bringing my shiny, like bringing my best shiny. And I can't do that unless I know what it is about myself that's special. Mm. And, and, it, and it's, sometimes it's really great to ask the people around us that we know like us what they think that is. What is my shiny, right? Because it's, sometimes it's something that we take for granted mm. about ourselves um, that that really makes us, all of our friends would all say, oh, this is what we like about this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. we wouldn't necessarily walk into a dinner party and say, this is, <laughs> this is what makes me shiny, right? <laughs> but I think that when you, when you know that you're valuable and you know there's something about you that's special, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it can, it can, it, it's small or big, it doesn't matter, then, then it's much easier to stay in that place of curiosity about everybody and to feel like you're worthy of asking for what you really, really want in any kind of friendship or relationship or partnership or whatever. Hmm. I absolutely agree. And I also feel like it might be really good to take a minute to honor the fact that what you and I are describing is not something that we, I mean, I didn't have access to this when I was younger. And so what about when we're engaging in relationships or dating from a place where we don't know all these things, where we're not, we haven't found all of those pieces for ourselves yet. Or but perhaps, we're, you know, you do have that whole yeah. <laughs> side. It's coming from. Yeah. So what do we do know, about filling it up, right? The yeah. whole. Yeah. Or, you know, so <laughs> can't even say it. Yeah. Like you're, you're hungry for something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think what what might be really Dinner. good is is acknowledging and creating space even through this conversation that when we know we have a need, what if that's part of what we're asking for? Make it a deliberate ask then, but we don't have to make it specifically of a of, of person. It's like I'm pointing upwards. It's like we're at, we're sending that up to the universe or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you we're feel calling is calling for. Like it. you know what? I really want to experience uh, whatever it is that it is that you're feeling you want to experience. Yeah. Make it about make it about what you want to experience rather than I want a person who's going to do this, yeah. the specific details. And again, approaching that with the perspective of and the relationship therefore may be designed for that, whatever shows up for you, and it may be for a time. Again, reason, season, or for a lifetime. Yeah. So it may show up to be for a reason, and you may be fed those things. That doesn't equal that it will be somebody who's going to be your partner for life, but you can still receive with joy with and, and give for whatever you have to offer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then and reach a point where you can... I, I feel like for myself, I have a goal right now of... When I can perceive, it's like when I get irritated with something, uh, it's like getting blisters on a shoe or I'm running into problems with somebody. I've learned now for myself 
it may not be true for others, but it's true for me, that irritation, when I'm irritable and problems keep coming up, it tends to mean it's time to evolve. It's yes. like the shoes are too tight mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and they're chafing me. And so it can show up that way in relationships too. If there's a lot of contention, if it's a lot of pulling, if it feels like I'm trying to make them be somebody they're not or they're trying to make me be somebody I'm not, then it may be a sign that it's time to release in love. Yes. And it doesn't mean that we were wrong to get together. No. It just no. means that we may have reached a fruition of what it was we were to be to each other. Or, or we're moving to another stage in the relationship. Right, that could be too. And that, evolution. So it's either going to evolve, yeah. or or it's going to dissolve. Yeah, yeah. And and then we can go from there. Yeah, yeah. I really like this idea of I'm I I got to feel like I'm worth something. Yeah. And then I'll go out and find people who appreciate that, mm-hmm. and I will appreciate that in them. So I'm looking for it. Part of my curiosity is. What is it that makes this person who they are? Mm-hmm. What is their shiny? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's also very um, normal for us to evolve the ki- the nature of our relationships. That as we start, they may be codependent because that's kind of how we do. We mm-hmm. need to be dependent, which <laughs> sometimes looks like codependency, before we learn how to be independent. But then interdependence is really the highest That's out of all of these things, right? Yeah. But we don't, you don't just step into interdependence. Like we do need to first separate. First, we're, you know, when we're born, we're dependent on our parents, our mothers, and then we become independent. You know, as a teen, it's like we're doing things on our own. And then inter- interdependence is when we realize that we are more together. doesn't mean we lack individually. No. It just means no. we achieve more together. And we have almost run out of time. So, <laughs> Well, wasn't that a juicy topic for today? I think we've got more, more, definitely more to mine there into the future. Yes. We'll, co- yeah. we'll come hey, back and do another show. Chris, thanks for popping in. Yeah, no yes, problem. Pop in again to- anytime. <laughs> it was fun to get your energy. Yeah, well, it. until next week. I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalix.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Happy, 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 boing, 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 bo